Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast, a podcast absolutely 100% fueled by cheese and ham toasted and a coffee to go and do big things. Welcome to the podcast. I am Rob. This is Rich. Rich, what a day, what a five days, and what a two days you've gone back to back at the Test Match. It's been fun, hasn't it? Yeah, excellent. What an unbelievable test match. Yeah, didn't uh, I had no plans to go to this test match until I'd sat on the sofa all day Sunday watching a fabulous day. And then it was like, ooh, this is shaping up very nice. So I went on the fourth day and then we saw the ticket just. We'll go into that in a little while. Uh, but yeah, went today as well to see one of the most stunning, outrageous innings by an individual in Johnny Bairstow and an England win like not many others. Um, that was sensational. That was that was different cricket. That's you don't see test matches like that very often. You you, you really don't. It, it was a funny one. So you've been at the test match. I'm down in New Zealand. I fell asleep. I think when New Zealand were all out, I fell asleep around then. But I had the screen mm. on, so I slept with the screen on, <laughs> sleeping. And I woke up at ninety three for four when uh, I think mm. Lee's got out, and I saw Stokes yeah. coming back out. And then I went to sleep and dreamt that we were about one hundred and twenty all out. And I wow. woke up at four forty five this morning, checked the score, and saw we won. <laughs> and I was like, "This is insane!" So then I watched the, yeah. the entirety from the England innings, the entirety of the England innings in about an hour and a half. Fast forward in between the balls, um, I was mm. like, "I've got to just soak this in." Like we are long standing hard done by England cricket fans over the last few years. And this is everything this team could be because of its yeah. white ball capabilities and all of that. We're just starting to see these special things. And, it, it you know, with, what a difference a couple of test matches make. This is a team that could do special things. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt, is there? I mean, this mentality straight away with Stokes, Brendan McCullum, obviously Rob Key is the, is the man that identified... Uh, these people and get them in position. Stokes, yeah, there was no no other options really, but it was good that they went with him. It was great that he wanted to take this captaincy and the way him and McCullum have got this team going straight away. Last summer, we were talking about an expanded net or an extended net for Dom Sibley, yeah. padding out a draw off 70-odd overs. Forget that. We're done, aren't we? The first test, England chased down 277, won by five wickets. Joe Root's unbeaten on 115, as we remember, and Ben Folks is unbeaten as well. They've got a great win. Today, again, there was no doubt in the mind that the fourth day we were going for this total. New Zealand got a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit uh, higher score, let's say, that a few more runs than we would have wanted them to, I think. It was at the top end of what you want England chasing. But this team didn't seem phased by it at all. It was just a case of we're going for it. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened if we'd have lost another wicket. Folks was dropped uh, just before yes. the end, wasn't he? Um, if we'd have opened up that four-man tail, which it is, you know, I don't think we can be any more um, polite about it. That is a long tail. Um, but they're in, the, they're in the team to bowl them out. And uh, they, the bowlers did the job in, in both innings. I think, yes, it's been a run fest and we'll, we'll dig into it all shortly. But, it's, um, it's such a funny game. So many um, runs, mate. The only thing that probably stacks up with that many runs is mm. the amount of drop catches. I think there was 12 drop catches in this game and it felt mm. like, both teams, like England, sure, haven't been a great fielding team for a while, but they did drop catches. But the Black Caps, you put the Black Caps down as a team that do basics really well in test cricket, in any format of cricket, and you know you're in for a real battle. Here, I I didn't see that. I didn't see the Black Caps team that was World Test Champions. I saw mm. a team that was full of mistakes, full of errors, full of selection errors as well. I'm sure they would yeah. have loved to have Ajaz Patel available to bowl for long periods mm. for them here. They just... Didn't quite feel the Black Caps sort of team that you expect. Plus, hard done by by losing Carl Jamieson as well mm. and being a team down halfway through the game. 
Yeah, selection was a bit strange, wasn't it? I mean, Jameson is a huge loss, wasn't he? He bats at eight. Um, he's obviously offers something different. On that on the fifth and final day, as we've just seen today, you're seeing Matt Henry digging the ball in short. It's yeah. not his job, is it? That is Jameson's job. It's Wagner's job, but Wagner's carrying drinks at the minute. Um, yeah, we did see Henry Nichols come back in, who would have played in the first test ahead of Daryl Mitchell. Good job, Henry Mitchell fixed, uh, missed that first test, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Daryl Mitchell's done pretty well. Um, so it, Nichols is in. Mitchell uh, retained his place, and Bracewell also came in for the injured Grandhom. His season, uh, or should I say, his series has finished, doesn't it? So selection going in with the four seamers was that the right thing to do? First things first. Look, before we focus on England, we can we can pick up we want about New Zealand, but was that the right decision? In hindsight, I, I don't I feel no. I don't feel like it was. I feel mm. like if you're thinking that it might be a, a run fest, the bowler, the mm. seam bowler you always bring in is Neil Wagner, who gives you hard yards, picks up wickets in the middle overs. Different angle. Um, yeah, different angle, different technique, mm. but just gets it done. Just gets it done yeah. time and time again. Mm. And Trent Bridge for, hey, it swings miles. Spinners do all right at Trent Bridge over the last four or five years. The average about 30 yeah. as opposed to Lords where the average 44. So, I, I don't quite feel they got the selection right. Plus, they were kind of backed into a corner. They, they'd lost Colin yeah. de Grandhomme, who was that extra seamer for them. And then they lost Jameson mm. through the game. And you put a whole bunch of yards on people like mm. Southey, who did not have a great test match by his standards. Matt Henry, who yeah. you said, bowling short. Matt Henry took 80-odd mm. wickets for Kent a few years mm. ago by pitching it up, swinging yeah. it around, nipping it yeah. around. He got yeah. seven for against South Africa and rolled them over on day one of a test down here in the summer. And mm. Trent Bolt, Trent Bolt was amazing in this test. Trent Bolt, mm -hmm. Jimmy Anderson, two best seam bowlers on display by an absolute country mile. But Trent Bolt comes over from the IPL from bowling four over spells, or sorry, two over spells, and then one here and one there, and then goes and bowls 33.3 overs in one innings and 16 in the next, with a smile on his face, scoring <laughs> some runs down the order. It's like, whoever said you need red ball preparation to be ready to play test ball cricket, red ball cricket, test cricket, Trent Bolt's just kind of throwing that out the window and he's like, oh, I'm happy-go-lucky. I'm just going to turn up and bowl and swing it around and take some wickets. Some people are built differently, aren't they? Certainly Johnny Bairstow uh, didn't have a lot of red ball preparation, did he? But we'll get on to what he achieved today yeah. uh, in a little while. But uh, go on, Rob. Go. Let, let's, let's roll through it then, mate, because yep. this is it's a really interesting test match. Like, as, mm. as you break it down through the days, through the innings, there is a lot going on. England win the test and bowl first. New Zealand mm. would have bowled first as well. And New Zealand go forth, conquer, score 550. And we did tweets and polls all the way throughout. Mm. And day one, 99% of people, New Zealand have absolutely bossed it. And come the end of day two, New Zealand are, are still on top. So really good batting performance from the Black Caps, who mm. we've said have probably been a little weak around the top of the order lately. Yeah, and, and you can't criticise this New Zealand team at all. I would have been delighted with a draw uh, probably mm. halfway through the second day. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they get off to a fly, don't they? 84 for one. England then strike twice, don't they? Latham goes very, very uh, soon after after Will Young goes. So, you know, no wickets and then suddenly two wickets in, in around the 20th, 21st overs. But this, this New Zealand team just kept going. It, it seemed like it was going to be a track initially where although you could score quite quickly, anything full you can put away, you're not in because that's what the top four said. But then Daryl Mitchell and Blundell came together again and all they seem to want to do is bat together. And he goes and hits another 190, Daryl Mitchell. Yes, to give chances. Yes, England's fielding drop, you know, drop catches. Mm. We were perfect in the first test, and we were not perfect in this test. There are some uh, comments about it's not an easy ground to take catches on for some reason at Trent Bridge. I will defer to anybody that says that. I'm sure if they've played there, 
but it wasn't good enough for either side in the field, was it? There was too many opportunities to put down. Yeah. But that always gave me the gave me the thought that actually, the you know, it's not quite as good a batting depth. It is a good yeah. batting depth, but it's not quite yeah. as good as the thousand runs combined in the third, first inning suggested. Uh, but Mitchell 190 and Blundell 106 in that epic stand again uh, was something else, wasn't it? And then Brace will counterattack 49 in pretty sharpish time as well. Uh, before the tail. Trent Bolt, just want to quickly mention, he said he scored some runs. Trent Bolt loves Trent Bridge. Uh, and he also now holds a record for the most runs by a number 11 in Test Match history. <laughs> First innings, he gets to 16, does a big fist pump, doesn't he, before he uh, before the end of the innings. And then in the second innings, he finally does break it. So he, he, yeah. he's a record holder. He's happy right. now. I'm sure he doesn't care about this, the, uh, the Test outcome. He's just happy he's a most yeah, run happy, by number 11. Happy-go-lucky sort of guy, mate. Yeah, Daryl Mitchell's rise is is absolutely insane, isn't it? He's such a late bloomer into Test cricket, and he's gone and put up these sorts of numbers. Obviously, we talked last Test; he did it uh, in the last Test, but he also did it in the T Twenty World Cup final as a makeshift opener. But he's thirty one years old, Rich. His first class record he averages thirty nine point eight five. So you probably shouldn't be too kind of going. Oh yeah, he's coming to Test cricket; he's done all right. But he he never looked like he was ready to be a Test match top six. I always said he was like mm. a six or seven, and the Grand mm. is a six or seven at best. Um, one of the greatest nicknames in cricket. You know, big, big, tall guy. His dad's, I think his dad's actually the England Rugby Union forwards coach at the moment. Ooh. But his name's Moose. Like, you talk about a big guy hitting a long ball, you call someone Moose. And Ooh. that's kind of what he's come away with. And he's, he's performing superbly. What did you make of Michael Bracewell um, in his performance? Because it's kind of a... It's not a little bit left field, but it is a little bit left field in coming in. And obviously, injuries have given him this opportunity. They called up Hamish Rutherford into the squad, who's a ex-match okay. player, mm. scored 180 against England many moons ago. Mm. But they went with Bracewell, wicketkeeper. They like his bowling. If you're going to play in this team, you're mm. going to have to bowl. But I, I quite like the way he played his game. I thought yeah, he exuded ultra-confidence for a test-match debut. Yeah. Yeah, he knows his game, doesn't he? He's not young. Is he 31 now, I think? I think that's what he is, around that sort of age anyway. But he knows his game inside out. Um, he came in, looked positive, looked like he had a good intent with the bat. A perfectly fine test debut for me. He bowled well in the first innings as well. Uh, you know, he got Stokes, didn't he? And, uh, and he offered a bit of a threat. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll be very content. I think he'll be disappointed with the result, obviously. And, yeah. you know, maybe the performance in the second innings bowling-wise. Uh, but he looked pretty good. He looked at home. Uh, just going back on Darren Mitchell, I really like the way Darren Mitchell was going about his business. I love the yeah. fact that he was hitting Jimmy Anderson over the top. I love yeah. that he was being positive. I love that he was pumping Jack Leach down the ground. It was almost like people were looking at him and going, he can't keep doing that. Who does he think he is? And he kept doing it. And he looked fantastic. He took his chances and he just rolled with it, didn't he? Um, ultra impressive. The, we, we have that group thing sometimes, don't we, where Darren Mitchell, oh, he's not quite good enough. He's not quite good enough. Well, has he had the right run? Has he had the right run in the right conditions at the right yeah. time? Possibly not. Well, look what he's done in two test matches now. Back-to-back -back hundreds and a big hundred to boot. And an un unbeaten in the second innings, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. So he's had it's a super against test Against a good well. bowling attack as well. Really good. Really good. Absolutely. Um, so, what, what did you make of the England bowling? Yeah. it's um, They've got I mean, 500, right? But yeah, is, there's still positives you can take out of it. Because the ball <laughs> wasn't doing loads for a huge majority of time, right? Yeah, I mean, nobody's been completely grabbed hold of and been slashed all over, have they? Potts has gone for the most in the first innings at 4.13. Yeah. 
just ahead of Broad. Uh, Broadie and uh, only got his two wickets right near the end, and Potts was the last last wicket, I believe, in the first innings. Jimmy bowled very well. I mean, the 62 off 27 overs was three wickets. He's just insanely good, isn't he? It's as simple as that. Stokes was looking good when he's not bowling no balls. Six of them in the first innings. Um, and he, he just offers something different, doesn't he? He'll just come in and try and break a partnership. If we'd have took a chances, who knows? That might have been a 350 score from New Zealand. But ifs, buts, whatever, it wasn't. It was 5-5-3. Five, five, it was 145 overs. A long, long time in the field. Looked like New Zealand's game. Overall, I was quite impressed. Jack Leach, I'll, I think we need to talk about Jack Leach more in the second innings. But Jack Leach, this was a huge test match for him. The squad was selected for England for the first and second test. Obviously, Matt Parkinson played in the first test. The only change, if you want to call it that, for the second test for England was Leach coming back in. Although Leach did obviously start the last test match uh, before concussion ruled him out. So this is huge. I don't know what they're going to be thinking about Jack Leach. I, I, I don't know if he gets the third test or not. But this game was massive. And I don't think it was talked about enough um, with, with what it might mean for Jack Leach going forward. Overall, he, he bowled okay. Two wickets in the first innings in 35 overs for 140, four and over. Um, second innings, figures-wise, it was okay, I suppose, in the end, considering he was going at fives and plus uh, one for 86 off 24, so three and a half. But I just wasn't particularly impressed with, with the way he was bowling. He wasn't bowling with any sort of flight. It was pretty... It was pretty negative. It was the sort of stuff that people bowl in nets that get when people are smacking you. You know, it's just darts. It's flat. Just don't it's under smack the eyes. Me around, flat. Please. <laughs> yeah, just, just, it didn't, it's, there's no attacking intent with it. I don't know if he's under instructions, but I wouldn't want to be bowling that negatively uh, in what could be a last test match. Um, yeah, I'm not saying I, it will be. I, there was yeah. an interesting stat from uh, Crickviz, which actually pointed out that since he started test cricket to where he's at now, he actually bowls shorter now than what he's mm. ever done uh, right. and quicker now than what he's ever done. He's, he was bowling like 55, 57K. And mm. it was just really defensive the whole mm. time. And don't get me wrong, they've scored 553. But I've come away from watching Jack Leach quite a lot and going, he did not look like taking wickets. He averages yeah. over 53 in the first innings of the test match. He averages about 20 in the fourth innings. But throughout... He bowled too short. They went onto the back foot and they pushed him round. Everything that mm. you know, Kevin Peterson said people do to Matt Parkinson because he bowled too slow. Well, Jack Leach was bowling mm. the wrong length, bowling at that speed because they had the same amount of time just to go on the back foot, completely unfazed by any type of uh, spin movement that might be going on or drift. And that was the other thing. Crickbiz mm. pointed out that he's not getting any drift. Michael Bracewell spanned the ball more and got more drift. And yeah. he's a third string spinner for England mm. behind uh, uh for New Zealand behind AJS Patel and, and Mitch Santner who doesn't spin the ball mm. I just I, I just I've come away on a the only negative well, not the only negative we'll talk mm. about England's batting at the top in the sec but um mm. the, the only negative with the bowling for me was Leach I came away unimpressed with mm. his performance yeah I, I think all three seamers bowled pretty well in difficult conditions it was very yeah. it was it was favoring the batters wasn't it opportunities weren't taken Bowlers did okay. They did their jobs to a to a degree in the first inning. Second innings, I thought the Seamers bowled much better. Um, but uh, but yeah, I do share that with Leach. Um, England in response though, um, it was great to see Alex Lee get his first fifty for England. Um, he's not an well. easy start, but he, he yeah, he just seems a more fluid version. Uh, I was talking about this today at the game. I remember first seeing Alex Lee's uh, when he was about nineteen twenty playing for Yorkshire against Notts at Trent Bridge in a T twenty, and he looked magnificent. He looked attacking fluent and he just looked a proper player um this new setup it's all about being positive 
And it just feels like certain players like Alex Lee's are responding well uh, to this, this the, the new the new hierarchy rather than uh, what he was player, doing. Doesn't he? He, yeah, he's yeah. Full of beans at the crease. He puts away the bad yeah. ball. He's looking to score yeah. runs, not just survive. And we've seen for too long England openers just mm. trying to survive. Like it feels like it's been four mm. or five years of watching people just dog it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, his partner as well, Zach Crawley, he's had a rough test match, hasn't he? Um, he only lasted six balls in the first innings and he didn't last many more. Uh, in the, actually, he only lasted four, two less in the second innings. Um, we he need to get on ball. to him in a Yeah, he, he got a couple of good balls, to be fair to yeah. him, I think. But he, we need to talk about him in a minute. Um, yeah. I, before we go anywhere, I think he's definitely staying in the, in the team for the third test. Yeah, uh, do, Let's yeah. get that out of the way now. But, uh, but we do need to have a little conversation about Zach. Um, but then it was Ollie Pope and Joe Root, wasn't it? Pope, 145, second uh, 100 for England. Jeez, he needed that, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, mate. He really did. What a knock. <laughs> what a knock. Super. And, and there was a substantial change about how he went about his business. You could see in his setup, he's setting up to give himself access to the offside, whereas before we saw him batting off or outside off and yeah. then playing at the sixth ball. What he was actually mm. doing was restricting scoring in that area where he's so strong through cover and so mm. strong through cutting the ball. And we saw him cover drive, or we saw him mm. cut the ball for days. And the other thing, and I think it's probably even more prevalent, was he actually left the ball. He made good mm. decision-making throughout. He left 27% in deliveries um, that he faced. Crickviz informs us that that's the most that he's ever left, including county championship cricket. That is the most he's ever left. The previous most amount of balls that he'd left was 15%. So he's a bad on ball, contact sort of hitter. And here we saw a much more mature innings. And then it changed the game because he's not playing at balls at fifth, fifth and sixth stump. Mm. They're having to bowl into him. He's completely yeah. changed the approach and taken control of the situation. And he, he was brilliant. Like everyone mm. was raving on Twitter and WhatsApp mm -hmm. and everyone was just looking at it going, wow, this guy. This is what you want to see. This is what everyone's seen in county championship cricket for so long, and now you've seen it. And he spoke really well in the interview after the, uh, mm. he scored all these runs, just saying it's all about trying to give himself the best opportunity possible. And actually, Joe Root was the uh, the catalyst behind some of the changes that he was making mm. around his setup. Um, and mm. he kind of pushed it towards him, saying, hey, thanks, Joe. You, I, I kind of owe this to you, mate. You've done a lot of work for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's great to hear, isn't it? Superb. It's nice. It's so nice to see that he can potentially be that number three. Um, that, that's the key, isn't it? That was a huge question mark of whether we should back there. We spoke about whether Root should be there and does it open up a question mark of whether Harry Brook should have been in ahead of him. Well, that's for, yeah, forget it now. Forget that conversation for a little while. Um, there, there's no gaps in this middle order at the moment. Yeah, you know, zero. Maybe zero maybe, gaps. Everything, yeah. you know, everything we said, like England won a test match at Lords. We've got holes at one, two, three, five. <laughs> well, they're walking around with uh, polyfiller, just going, gone, gone, gone. Exactly. Well, We've it, got no it? holes. Yeah, Johnny Bairstow. I mean, obviously he, he's had a good six, twelve months, so he wasn't someone at threat. But he didn't have the, you know, he's not had the greatest start over, uh, recently. You, you're starting to wonder. He needs to score. He needs to score. And not only did he give us a score in the second innings, it was a career-defining score, wasn't it? So, yeah. yeah, Pope's done fantastically well at three. Best has done brilliantly at five. Root, 176, batting at four. He just looked like he was enjoying his cricket. He, yeah. he batted that whole innings as if this game is so simple, so straightforward. It's just easy. He's just enjoying himself. There's a smile on his face at all times. I loved this innings from Joe Root. It was so disappointing. It kind of picks up where I uh, I, I joined the 
the thing. Well, actually, no, we'll go, go through first because Stokes obviously wasn't it as well. Stokes yeah. came in and just tried to smash the lever off the ball, 46 yeah, 33. <laughs> um, nearly got caught off Bracewell in the deep, smacked one down the ground, and then did get caught off Bracewell. Stokes in the deep. was like, um, like your middle linebacker in a game of American football, first mm. player of the game, where you want to absolutely lay someone out and set the tone. Stokes mm. is the heartbeat of this team. Yeah. And he came out tracking the seamers straight off the bat, sticking them back <laughs> over the head. And everyone's yeah. like, this England team, this is uh, mm. this has changed a lot over the last couple of weeks. Personnel's not changed, Rich. Personnel's mm. the same. Mm-hmm. In, in the words of, uh, <laughs> it felt like I was going down a Justin Langer route then. There's a great <laughs> clip of Justin Langer going, we can talk about banter. We can all do banter. Uh, actually, you can talk about performance and confidence, and it's the same personnel, and they're just going out there and they're performing freely. Yeah, it's amazing what a different outlook uh, takes, isn't it? My football team, Nottingham Forest, started the season. Same squad, first six games, bottom of the table. We then get promoted. Different manager, different outlook, you know, giving people confidence, you know, allowing them to express themselves and be positive. It's amazing what it does in sport. There is so much talent out there, but it's just untapped because of how badly uh, sometimes teams are coached and managed. Um, Stokes was exceptional. He just probably went too soon, too hard. It wasn't necessary. England were closing in, weren't they, on that uh, on that first innings uh, score. Five, 405 was the score at the time, obviously in response to that 553. It was great to see, but it just wasn't quite necessary, I think, at the time. As much as we love Ben Stokes and as we love that little knock, maybe he could have just picked that one. The way, you know, he, he missed time the one before, didn't he? When he mm. nearly caught, and then he hit the one straight, and it's like, ah, okay, straight. That's where I need to hit. And then the next ball, he gets the sweep slug out again and he does get caught. But we're not going to dwell on that because he's had an incredible test match as well. But it's just, it's worth noting. It was one of those, isn't it? Let's not pretend that it was a perfect, every single moment of this test match was perfect from everybody in an England shirt. There were moments um, that maybe we just need to find that little balance uh, of what we're going to do in this new new era of positive cricket. Uh, Um, But it was really, really fun. Ben Folksrich, your fave. Yeah. Yeah, Another really, really solid. good, classy knock. Yeah, really, really solid test match for for, for folks. It was funny yeah. as well, wasn't it? The evening of, of day three, as we were moving towards uh, New Zealand's total, folks was very watchful. Um, he was very uh, just restrained, wasn't he, while Root was, was moving things around. But at the start of day four, he came off flying. I think he hit three fours in, uh, in no time whatsoever to get himself moving. Root was looking good again, wasn't he? Going, he got the uh, the reverse <laughs> the reverse ramp out off uh, off Tim Southie for that six in a test match <laughs> on the morning of a day four. It was insane. It was ridiculous. I don't know what's going on with test match cricket. It's amazing. We've always loved it. You can only love it even more after this. Um, um, don't, yeah. don't you think folks was just good game management, like really Superb. good, Superb. mature yeah. batting? He, he wanted hey, to make sure he was there. Start of the next day, yeah. we're still in control of this. But if I'm out, we could get blown away at the start of the next day. Yeah, absolutely. He wanted to be there, didn't he? And that was it was so important. Day five has been magical. Incredible, unbelievable, yeah. all those words. Day four was the pivotal day of this test match. Yeah. England needed to get somewhere near. And on that morning, we I think it was about 80 um, behind, wasn't we, as we started day four. We worked way closer and closer and closer. And I think in the end it was about 14 run lead um for England going in. It would have been nicer. Sorry, 14 run deficit. Apologies. Um it would have been nice if we got a bit closer. But once Root went, 
Uh, Folk's got a bit bogged down batting with uh, that pretty ordinary tail that England do have at the moment. Uh, Brody Kevin went relatively short. Potts hasn't shown that he can bat at this level yet, and we know, I'm sure, he can be a much better player, uh, as he has shown for Durham on occasion. Leach didn't do, didn't really have the opportunity, and we saw a couple of sweeps from Anderson, and that was it, wasn't it? 539, as we said, a 14-run uh, lead for New Zealand going to the second innings. At that point, you're looking at the game and you're thinking, certainly what I was thinking, and I'll, you know, I'll put it to you, I was thinking 250. If we can bowl New Zealand out with about a 250 lead, this is absolutely game on. I think this yeah. setup's going to go anyway, but we don't know. We just need to get them down. We don't want to uh, you know, be three or four down at, uh, at the close of play. We need them six, seven, eight down. And that's exactly how things ended, wasn't it? You know, what New Zealand went in, and England just, we looked good. I mean, Latham leaving a Jimmy Anderson one. I think Mark Butch's commentary was there are some good leaves and some bad leaves. That was a bad leave. <laughs> it, it is middle it's, it's and off. Direct down it? the middle, eh? Like, yeah, it's either good or bad. You're bold or you're not out. It's, there's no yes. in between. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, for me, I thought England just, they, the response, an England team a few years ago chasing 5-5-3 five, five, could have been 200 all out, follow on, all out again, they've lost by an innings. You know, the fact that this team just didn't seem to, it didn't seem to phase them, did it? It was a damn good pitch to bat on and they made the most of it and they got very, very close, didn't they? And then they got amongst them, got, got into them. And it was a really good counter though. Devon Conway and, uh, and Will Young, they really dug in, both got half centuries. Uh, we get the run out um, of, um, of of Will Young completely out of the blue, wasn't it? Um, yeah. For that, that was one, unnecessary, Conway goes, unnecessary moment in the game for the Black Caps. It really was. It just it was so bizarre. You know, you're, you're watching it. It's just, just yeah, just just didn't didn't. didn't I, I can't even get the words out to say it. I just don't understand uh, what went on with that one. And it was very quickly afterwards, wasn't it? We got the wicket of um, of uh, of um, Com oh, sorry, Conway, Conway went first. Then we got the wicket of the runner. But those coming so close together just completely just rattled, I think, New Zealand at that point. They were yeah. so settled, even though England were pushing and bowling really, really well at that point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I thought England, and this is what happens with positivity and relentlessness. And I feel like England's got a, they've shown they've got a little bit of that relentlessness. And it creates moments like Will Young's run out because he was batting the best he's batted in test match probably yeah. this year because he wasn't great against South Africa and Conway Conway was time in the pants off it he was in incredible form he was in Lord's 2021 form but it's it's just good bowling I thought um yeah. Anderson's setup to Latham was really really good mm -hmm. not it, and it's hard to tell what's genuine or not whether it was the wobble scene that came back in. But the scene, to me, when I watched it, was looking like an away swinger and Latham just went, yeah, shoulder arm stumps on the floor, mate. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was, it was really good bowling. I thought Broad was good in periods. Potts, mm. not as good as the first test. But it's hard to be when you've taken all those wickets and you're yeah. in a game where a thousand runs are on the board. But what I did like, again, was relentlessness. Every time he came yeah. in, it was 100% hitting the deck hard, trying to do something with it. I thought he bowled well in periods. But, you know, again, we talked before we came on air about how many mm. boundaries there's been. This mm. kind of throws me back to 2005 and watching Truscothic and Michael Vaughan and mm. KP and players like that taking it to the opposition. Mm. Bad balls go. And, you know, the, mm. I think another testament needs to go to uh, Steve Burke. I want to say it's Steve Burke's not heads groundsman mm. on one excellent wicket. Really yeah. excellent wicket. Like five days of this has been superb. 
But also, yeah. what a good outfield. How fast yeah. was that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the track itself, people mis- misunderstand what a Trentbridge track is. They think it's this green seamer. Sometimes yeah. on the first day, it looks a bit green. It's not what it looks like. Stop being tricked into thinking you want to have a bowl yeah. on it. Um, yeah, it's been a sensational facility. Trentbridge has been awesome, full stop, hasn't it, over five days, uh, as it was today as well, which we'll, you know, we'll give it its due before we're done with this conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just looking at the, the response, um, it kind of just jumbled in my mind a little bit. Obviously, Conway was the first week, wasn't he? That that one off Leach. Yeah. I was I did not understand why Leach was still bowling. He Stokes over bowled Leach in the second innings. He just kept bowling, kept bowling, kept bowling. Was Anderson injured, or did Anderson I don't pick know. up the niggle? Anderson bowled briefly uh, this morning. He bowled the, the last four deliveries. Yeah, um, 0.4. So he's just one over basically. He was bowling. He only he, you know overnight he'd only bowled eight overs. So I don't know what was going on with him at all. Not heard anything. Uh, to do with that at all but it just it was a it, New Zealand they were going so well weren't they 100 and, 104 for, for one uh, then Conway goes with that uh, with that you know pretty good catch from, from Bairstow Leach gets himself a reward uh, the the one wicket that he did get in that one Nichols comes and goes very quickly Potts gets him uh, cutting Potts um, might not have been as impressive because I don't think he was quite as threatening as in the first test but he this spell in the second innings was superb it was economical. He was, I think he'd gone for 12 runs off 10 overs at one point. He was really, really asking questions. Um, and I thought he bowled really, really well. He was good value. Do you think New, New Zealand's game plan, like we talked about Ben, ben Folks' mm. game management. Do you think mm. New Zealand got their game management wrong here? Like Michael Bracewell came in at a million miles an hour and got himself mm. out, exposed the tail. I know they're trying to force the victory. That's the way the Kiwis play. It's almost win-lose cricket. But I felt they overexposed the tail at the wrong time of the game and England picked up all these wickets late in day four and Trent yeah. Bridge must have been buzzing at that stage. It, it certainly was, yeah. The, the, the beers were well and truly kicking in at that point from the crowd that was there. Um, it, it was, a, like I say, Nichols went quite quickly. Then we had the farcical run out. Um, mm. Kudos to Pope for this one, actually. Um, we didn't give him enough love. I think it was in the, in the first test where they, he threw the stumps down from the slips. That was Pope, not Bears, though. I got it yes. wrong. Um, so credit to Pope in this one. And credit to Pope in this one again. Because he, you can see him looking like he's going to throw it to the other end, and he, and he, he it looks like he's hesitated twice. But he, the first one's stopping himself. Then it's double checking, and then he throws to the correct end, which is the bowler's end, and Stokes does the rest. Really, really good judgment from 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 Pope, and he deserves the credit for it. Uh, Blundell looked okay, and at one point it did look like Mitchell and Blundell was going to just do what Mitchell and Blundell yeah. keep doing. Um, I'm sick of you know. I think you have to keep saying their names together. It's, it's, it's just getting sick of saying it. Um, Mitchell was steady as you like, but Blundell, once he went, it then opened up Bracewell, didn't it? Bracewell, like you said, he's come in a little bit too positive, perhaps. You don't want to be going in um, the close of play with your tail, yeah. <laughs> with your tail on show. Nobody <laughs> needs that, Rob. A little bit of decency. Come on, New Zealand. Um, but Southie was in and out, wasn't he? We got to run out yeah. of that one as well. Um, catastrophic run out. I love that uh, off, off Griff Info as I'm looking now. And Henry was there overnight with Mitchell. At that stage, you're thinking, you know, what did we start with? I think we said, um, where were we? 238 lead going into the final mm. day, I believe it was. And it was so finely balanced. You think that England need to get those final three wickets quickly. And you think that they're going to give Anderson and Broad the ball, 10 overs before the new ball. But we start with Leach. And yeah. I'm confused by this one this morning. The crowd was ready. They, they did, a, as I'm sure you've all heard, 
instead of £10 for the final day, Trent Bridge says we're going to have free entry, which was a fantastic thing to do. Yeah. Um, I think it was a bit of a... I, I don't think they quite anticipated how this game would be set up on the final day. They looked at ticket sales without quite considering the match situation. It was going to be a full day. I think a lot of people was going to be coming on the fifth day anyway. But it was good to make sure you can get this to the stadium as full as possible. My only little gripe, I, and I had a couple of people push back at me on Twitter, but I just thought if they'd have put it as a pound, perhaps, you would have been not just sold out, but you would have been a full house today as well. Because there's probably two or 3,000 seats in the stadium that weren't taken today, but the yeah. tickets were allocated last night. I didn't get one. I was lucky enough somebody else had actually got one to sort me out. But that's my only little gripe. It was fantastic to get this atmosphere going. Mm. But what you want on the morning of the fifth day, and you nearly got a full house, is Brody steaming in. And like I say, they started with Leach, and Leach was bowling just those flat balls again. He didn't get one above the eye line of the yeah. batsman, and he was just so negative, and I didn't quite understand why he started. Please yeah. explain to me. Yeah, it was almost like a holding pattern of the game, actually. Yes. and waiting for the new ball almost. New ball, game management by England going, mm. cool, we want Anderson and Broad with the new ball, because when yeah. they did, Broad and Anderson managed to, um, mm. you, you know, we, we kind of we kind of got through them a little bit. But, yeah, it just felt like, okay, we've got eight overs, whatever it might be. Let's assume they score 30 runs or something like that or 40 runs and we'll take that and we'll clean them up within the first five overs of the new ball. It just felt like that was the, the game plan that they were going to do. But it does, it's interesting because it's obviously been such a chaotic and high-energy mm. day from mm. an initial standpoint, that first ball, you kind of go, you kind of just take the yeah. atmosphere out a little bit at the start. It really did. If I was New Zealand, I'd have been really happy with that first first half yeah. an hour uh, because the crowd weren't in it at all. Um, and I think Johnny Bairstow pointed it. He was like, maybe everyone had a big night Monday because they were a bit quiet to begin with. I think if they'd have started with Brody, I think you would have been seeing a different atmosphere. Yeah, People exactly. giving it that, you know, as he's running into bowl. Uh, and we did just didn't quite have that. So I don't want to overly criticise Leach. You know, maybe there's a plan in there. Stokes was bowling from the other end. Stokes was bowling uh, bombs. <laughs> he was basically, there was nothing <laughs> in Matt Henry's half. He was bowling short. He was bowling over the wicket short. And then the variation, Rob, not the full ball. It was round the wicket short. If you want to have a bit of a giggle, try and find a, a, some videos of, uh, of Matt Henry avoiding the short ball. It, basically, it's Mike Atherton against Alan, uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, back in 98 or whatever it was. There's some um, great ones of him kind of leaning yeah, all the way. Jumping. And like yeah, Robin Smith I, in the West Indies getting pinned. That's it. Yeah, I think I caught a couple on video and I sent it to you, Rob, so you can have yes, a little stick did. it up on TikTok or whatever you do with your time now. Um, <laughs> what you do with time. time now you've got a man bun you're on tiktok <laughs> no comment well i can't believe we haven't mentioned that ridiculous hair at the moment yes <laughs> anyway carry on let's carry on this conversation before we get yeah. taken on by rob's so hair what, what was the feeling mm. stance like like i said I, I was asleep overnight so i went to sleep when new zealand mm. were all there and I, I saw 299 and i posted some stats about chasing mm. And in test match cricket, I actually haven't got them in front of me because my phone has switched off. But there was about 146 mm. times, give or take one or two, that England have chased mm. 300 or more in test cricket. And I know this is 299, but you're as close as you're going to get. Four times we have mm. ever chased down 300, which equates to 2%. And we go and do something like mm. that, chasing 299, which puts you in the like the 2% club, Rich. That's a pretty elite yeah. club to be there for the day. It's like we said at the top, this doesn't happen very often in Test cricket. I mean, Test cricket has changed because of T20. 
excuse me, white ball cricket, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a, it's an ever changing game, and the way this new setup, this this McCullum and Stokes um, setup has already come in, this mentality, it is changing. Um, this is going to be a hell of a ride. I think that's the first way to put it. I think when we got them all out, I think you looked around and there was a buzz. There was an expectation, at the very least, that England are going for it. Because last summer, let's be honest, we thought they were going to go for some of these scores. And it was that old, let's see how we go for a bit and maybe we'll chase it. And, and no, we're and just going to have a long nap. Two and a half, three and over that was required, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So all the same arguments they used last summer have been completely thrown and blown out of the water for this one. Um, just to wrap up their innings as well, though, I've got to say, a couple of very good catches from folks. One in particular, I think it was a Matt Henry one, uh, off Stuart Broad. Broadie comes steaming in. He wanted to make an impact. He got himself three wickets in the innings, didn't he? Um, and then uh, Anderson came in. Like I say, he didn't bowl uh, much on the fourth day. Um, he didn't come back on for a second spell on the fourth day. And then he didn't bowl until right at the end, and he got the last wicket. He only bowled four balls uh, to wrap up the New Zealand innings. Um, really impressed. The effort of Stokes was incredible. Potts, like I say, was very economical. Broadly kept running in, not sure what was going on with Anderson. Leach, we've spoken about at length. I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. It was good to see Jameson coming in his bat as well this morning. So obviously he's had a, a back injury. Um, yeah. Sounds like he could be an English bowler, back injury. Yeah, um, he's but, out uh, as well. Third test he's yeah, gone. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because someone on, in, around the ground this morning saying, yeah, he's going to be fine. He battered, didn't last very long, and then he was 12th man in at the start of the innings. But he didn't actually, obviously, wasn't fit to bowl, but he was fit to run around carrying drinks. So um, it's, it's a big disappointment because he's such, a, such an interesting player to watch. Um, but the response, obviously, we, what we were, there was, the expectation was there. And when um, Alex Lees hits the first two balls of the innings for four, he then dots one. And then he hits the fourth, innings, uh, fourth ball of the innings for four, 12 yeah. for none or four deliveries. Yeah. It's on. It's on. It's properly on. Um, but then not long after, um, a certain Mr. Crawley, uh, does nick off uh, twelve for one? Sounds like we've been batting for a while, but it was one point four overs. Well, what, he's gone what, what did that do? Like you're there watching him live, like he's got a. It's virtually the same ball as the first innings. Yeah, um, he's nicked off. You mm. can look through technique. You can actually look at it and say it's a decent, decent nut first up. But Zach Crawley up. now yeah. finds himself in pretty elite category out of every England opener that's played. <laughs> he got quag. <laughs> for those listening on the podcast, which has lifted up a. A glass that says quack on it. Um, Crowley's <laughs> batted 15 test matches. So every England opener that's yeah. batted 15 test matches mm. as an opener, he now averages 23.13, which is the second worst out of 35 people that's ever done it with only Mike mm. Brearley, Captain Fantastic, averaging 23.02. Now, mm. McCullum was famous after the, the Cape Town fiasco for picking the right guys and just sticking with them, sticking mm. with them. They're going to get it. They're going to get it. Zach Crawley, is, is he going to get it? Oh, geez. Whatever I mean, it depends. Yeah, he might get it, but he might not get it. Um, <laughs> I think I, I, I have more patience and more understanding for openers when they've, they've gone for ducks than I do if they've nicked off a 10 or 12. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think he's got a good one early. Um, it's simple as that. Trent Bolt was superb in this test match. He took eight wickets. Uh, he was by far the best bowler in this test match, far the most threatening bowler. I think Henry bowled well in the first innings for New Zealand, showed some good pace. But overall, in both innings, Bolt was head and shoulders above anybody else, I think, with the ball. You know, maybe uh, maybe one or two others did pretty well. But um, it didn't really take much of the air out because Lees had already hit the ground running. 
Uh, we were already crunching it from the other end, so it was almost like that's fine, fine, right? Just put, get Lee's back on strike. Um, so it Lee's didn't really take much out of it. He reminded yeah. me of Trescothic 2005. Yes. You remember yeah, Ed yeah. Baston where in England scored yeah. 400 in a day on the first day, McGraw went down injured. Yeah. It had shades <laughs> of that where any width, yeah. he was just so good. Yeah. And or as um, very controlled as well. Who's who's the comp? Ian Ward. Ian Ward mm. said he ramrodded it down the ground with a straight <laughs> bat. As soon as he said ramrodded, I'm like, I need to record this and I need to do something <laughs> with it because he's ramrodded the ball with a straight bat. <laughs> oh, my word, Ian Ward. Choose your words more carefully. Um, I think Ollie Pope coming in as well on the back of his you know, marvellous first innings score kept things alive, didn't it? But but this is the thing, though. You know, Pope went, then Root went, caught on ball, trying to work one in. Root is seeing the ball so well and so early. Yeah that I think he's just deciding what to play. And he's playing the shot a fraction early on occasion as well. And that's what he did. He got, you could say, Rob, a leading edge. Um, he did get a leading edge. I, I, we need to click that in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Get, I love how many times commentators talk about leading edges. It's amazing how um, many wickets it's, are It's like they almost but, have, no, well, they have no idea who we are. But maybe no, maybe one no day idea. they might go, oh, they did cricket podcast. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so at that point, 56 or three, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. But Lees is going well. Bairstow's come in and Bairstow is looking pretty good. All right, isn't he? Uh, Lees goes at 93 for four. This is yep. the point when I am concerned because I'm thinking if, if yeah. two more wickets and it's game over for England, you either drop anchor or we're going to be all out because that tail won't last long. And if that tail has to bat 20 overs, Broadie's not like that style. Potts doesn't look like he can last more than a few overs at the moment. And Jimmy and Leachie will do what they can do. But if they both get a good ball with the name on, it's not going to be long, is it? So it was so, so important that, um, that, uh, that, that obviously Stokes uh, comes in and you know him and Bearstow bat through to get as close, wasn't it? And then folks can come in closer on uh, to do what he needed to do. We, we didn't have to worry for anything, did we? We go to T, um, you know, pretty steady. And then after T, I think three overs after T. 139 for four. 139 yeah. for four off 34 overs at T. Yeah, and then three overs later, 43 runs have been, <laughs> been added. That gives you a sign of what was going on. It was carnage. It was beautiful. The hitting was fantastic. Uh, Bearstow got to his 50. Was it 51 ball 50, wasn't it? 50 yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Something I, I did, like that. I took a picture at one point. He was yeah. 52 off 52. Yeah. Um, and England scored 102 runs off the first nine overs after T. Yeah. And then he, he came, Yeah. So 52 balls. So it was 25 balls for his second 50. Yeah. Basically, he was just smacking it. I love the fact Ben Stokes after the game was talking that Ben uh, Johnny Bearstow had Johnny eyes. Yes. And when, when he's got Johnny eyes, that means he's on for it. He's going to go, just get out of his way and keep hitting. They were going short to Bearstow. That wasn't a good idea. Um, that, and, and, again, it, I, that felt like a real mistake. Like we've talked about mistakes yeah. from the Black Caps yeah. throughout because it's easy to do, but mm. when the team's gone and lost. But it's a ground that's coming on really well. Mm-hmm. And you're bowling short to the shortest boundary in the ground. That it used to be called the par stand. I don't know what it's called mm. these days. Um, Dan, that's like that is mm. so short. Like it's probably mm. 60 meters short. And the ball was disappearing halfway up the stand, halfway up the stand. And mm. I, you know, I got the KP reference because I've got to get one in every single time. There were shades to KP Brett Lee, different situation, different mm. speed of bowling. Where yeah, right. and Bearstow came out basically got this kind of do or die situation, and I'm just going to belt it. And even when it wasn't that short, mm. he still belted it, and it still ended yeah. up in the stands. It was, yeah. it was, it was brutal. It was magical. It was, oh. um, 
I think Crickviz says that it's the the most attacking shot percentage of anyone since two thousand six. Yeah. Um. On on their database, and England attacked thirty five percent of the shots this series. And no team since 2006 in their database has attacked more percentage of shots. <laughs> like and, and you talk about shift of mentality and this game situation, mm. chasing 300 is built for people like Bearstow. Bearstow mm. batting on day one with it nipping around everywhere is not a game situation built for Bearstow where he gets cleaned mm. up. Chasing 300 and going, Johnny, you're one of about five players in the world that averages over 40 in one day international cricket and a strike rate of 100. Go do your thing. But he played aggressively, but he played the match situation. He got through to T and he didn't get yeah. through to T at the same rate mm. that he went on to. He went, he was scoring no. like 70 strike rate, but mm. he was putting away the bad ball, not making stuff happen. But then he chose to make mm. stuff happen when they were chasing 160 in that last session. Yeah. I'll be honest, it surprised me a little bit when we were suddenly clapping for his 50. It was like, it, best yeah. is on 50. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realise. He got it just there worked, without yeah. much fanfare. Yeah, there wasn't many big shots, wasn't it? He, he was positive. He put the ball away when he needed to, but he was rotating quite well. Uh, really, really just just running well, uh, just being really sensible, just a really, really positive innings. And then positive doesn't always mean smacking the ball out of the ground, as we spoke about quite a lot. Um, so it was sensational, wasn't it? He gets there to 77, second fastest 100 ever by an Englishman. We keep saying it. These innings don't happen very often. You've mentioned Kevin Peterson. I'll mention Kevin Peterson. In 2005, people remember these innings. Ben Stokes, a few summers ago, was it 2019? Yeah. That innings that he, he took, put England on his back and took him home. Uh, we've seen these innings over the year. I'm sure there's one or two that you could throw in as well. That You just get you know the Bearstow innings of 2022, the KP innings of 2005. This will be forever attached to Johnny Bearstow. This was stunning. This was just the, the, one of the finest knocks I've ever seen. The ball before he got out, I just turned to someone sat next to me and just went, he can't miss. You know, he'd hit one and then he worked one straight through two people. You could have had another four people in that area and he'd yeah. still found a way to get it through. He did then feather one off next ball. So I did then say, well, he, he yeah, he, he can miss. So, yeah, yeah. Um, like, so. it, it, did, it did still hit it. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Best though, since he's come back, Rich, like, against Australia. And even before this, right, he'd, he scored 100 in Australia. He scored 100 in the West Indies. So he had two centuries from the last four test mm. matches since his recall. He's played two test matches against New Zealand and there was talk of Harry Brook coming in over him. So he scored mm -hmm. three centuries now this year in six test matches. He's averaging 47.25 since he came back into the team um, mm. against Australia. He scored three centuries this year. The last time he scored three centuries was 2016 when he played 17 test matches and he scored 1,470 runs before he fell out of a bit of form and mm. got misused quite a bit. So essentially he scored as many centuries in the last three, uh, six test matches as he's done in the last five years. Yeah. You can't, you can't take him out. Like I know we wanted Harry Brook in. Even before the series, we wanted to see Harry Brooks. Harry Brooks in such good form. But retrospectively, looking mm. at it, Bairstow stood up in Australia when no one else was. Yeah. So did Zach Crawley, but Bairstow did more so. Mm -hmm. And then he went and scored a ton in the West Indies. He's pretty good, old Johnny. You know, we talk about his sneaky under the radar eighty-five test match career, yeah. But it's almost a test match career that has got this amazing peak, uh, two thousand sixteen era, mm. and then in and out, in and out, in and out, and then we've got the second coming of uh, more mature Johnny Bairstow. Mm. 
There's just not enough words to describe that innings today. I hope everyone's seen it. If you haven't, just please, please, please make an effort uh, to just go and find it. Go and watch the highlights, test match, um, you know, BBC highlights, whatever it might be on YouTube. Wherever, go and watch this innings. It was stunning. Um, I think Stokes was saying that they didn't really talk much when they was on the field. But the one thing he did say to him was when they were starting to bowl short at him, Stokes just said, whatever you do, do not try and get the ball on the ground. Keep hitting it in the stands. Yeah. You know, firstly, I love that from a captain to tell you that. It's like, yeah, great. I can't lose it. I'm going to ever get caught on the boundary. I've got an excuse. Um, but it was the right thing as well. And it was just so good that Bearster just kept going, didn't he? Uh, kept taking his chances. There was a couple of those boundaries where one, it looked like the bat nearly came out of his hands and it still went for six. And then a few balls later, or it might have even been the ball later, he's, he's finished the ball, um, you know, over to the leg side boundary for four with one hand on the bat. Yeah. Just the power that man gets out of the ball is un- unbelievable. At the other end, Ben Stokes is struggling because he's got a bit of a knee issue. Uh, it's an old, old, long, long time ago um, knee issue from an operation. He was saying, not something it seems like we need to be concerned about at all. He'll be fine. He's, he's always fine, isn't he? He's always ben fine. Stokes. He's always fine after these niggles. Um, and he went at 75 off 70 deliveries. Bester was 136 off 92 in the end, 147 strike rate. Seven sixes, 14 boundaries for him before he feathered one can, behind can, off. Can Trent I say the phrase Holt. again? Say the phrase, say the phrase. Game management. He attacked Ooh. when Bearstow yep. got out. He finished. He completely mm. reined himself back in, and he's like, yep. "I'm captain. I'm going to be here at the end." And how yep. perfect was it? The shot that he finished the game with was the exact same mm. shot that he finished the 2019 game against Australia with. <laughs> back foot, cut shot to the boundary, bat in yeah. the air. It was, yeah. it was perfect. It really was. I mean, Ben Stokes was superb today. He really was. Some of those strikes down the ground were incredible. Uh, oh, like one in the of them first was inning, like top tier Radcliffe Road. One, just going to get to that one, mate. Oh, yeah. That was at the end. So I'm sat in the Radcliffe Road lower on the front row today. And that ball, it, as he hit it, I just stood up straight away and went, massive. That's massive. <laughs> and it just went sailing and sailing. And it went to, so you've got Radcliffe Road lower. Then you've got some boxes. Then yeah. you've got the overhang of what you'd sort of say the middle. And then you've got the bit of the tier above that. Uh, it almost looks like it's one tier at the top, but it hit the back of the middle, if that makes sense. So in the upper tier, but almost to the very, very back. It's one of the biggest balls I've ever seen hit at Trent Bridge. It was ridiculous. You, you know when the batsman knows exactly. it's a good hit when they go, oh, and exactly. they, do a, they do a little giggle. The, the biggest yeah. six and I ever Bracewell saw at Trent was Bridge. smiling as well. <laughs> yeah, the biggest six I ever saw at Trent Bridge was Daryl Cullion. If anyone can roll back the years Cullinan, to South African Daryl Cullion, wow. he played for Derbyshire. My dad took mm. me down to a, I can't even remember the name of the competition. It was the 50 over competition, but it was in mm. the early 90s, maybe about mm. 93, 94. And he hit one over the Radcliffe Road. But I don't mm. know the size dimensions to know if this is bigger because the Radcliffe Road got redeveloped sometime yeah. in the early 2000s, I think it was. So it'd be interesting mm. to know if it was bigger than that. Because I remember I was a kid and watched yeah. it sail over just going, I've never seen anything like this. No. From my memory, my memory of uh, of that stand, this was way bigger today. Yeah, it this it was, was hard bigger. as well. He hit that yeah. really hard. It was yeah. it was speed off the bat. It wasn't super high, like sixty degree trajectory. Mm. It was just like straight in. Yeah, absolutely. And it was so nice as well. Folks came in, didn't he? After after um, the, the just the incredible innings of Best, though, did come to an end uh, on the back of his second fifty that he got that he racked up in this. In this game, he's got he's got one hundred and two fifties. It's just worth remembering. He's looking yeah. good. He got himself a nice little knot out, didn't he? In the end, uh, for this one, I think it was, was it twelve knot out for him. 
uh, in this game. I'm just having a quick look. Yes, it is. Um, and, and Stokes, like I say, was unbeaten on 75 in the end. And it was so fitting that it was Stokes that did hit the winning runs. Just a stunning, stunning day. Blue skies, a little bit of cloud cover today, but a blue sky, sunny day at Trent Bridge. It's been a, just an unbelievable five days of test cricket there. Um, Trent Bridge has hosted brilliantly. You've already given kudos to the, the ground staff, the outfield, the track, everything. The whole occasion was just was just sensational. It's one of the best, best matches there's been. New Zealand, maybe because it's New Zealand, it won't be as memorable in some ways. Uh, it's not an Ashes series. It's not a whatever. Um, but this needs to go down as one of the best test matches. It was building and building. A, you know, the most runs ever in a test match at Trent Bridge. The most boundaries ever in a test match ever anywhere. 250 boundaries in the game, Rob. 226 fours, 24 sixes, and the highest successful chase ever at Trent Bridge. Trent Bolt now the number the number one scoring uh, number eleven batsman. Jimmy six fifty. Yeah, a six hundred fifty test wickets for Jimmy. Uh, Joe Root's now rapidly uh, climbing that list after getting ten thousand test runs. He's already gone past a couple of people. He's coming for you, Tendulkar. Um, and it was quite notable as well as I was, I was driving away from the ground that there's a test match match we're talking. It, we chased two hundred ninety nine in fifty overs. Yeah. England are a fifty over the world champion still. Against New Zealand, we are, Zealand, we are pr- we're proper fifty over material. It um, was a fifty over chase. It was yeah, just superb. It, it does go up there. There's been some great run chases in England history. The one in Pakistan with Nasser running oh. off with the stumps. Uh, Mark Butcher in the 2001 yeah. Ashes where he got 170 at Headingley. I want to say yeah. Stokes at Headingley, yeah. and then this is up there. These are things that yeah. don't happen. We were yeah. very lucky. Can you remember we were doing the podcast in 2019? Stokes mm. played that amazing innings. And then I want to say it was Kusul Mendes did the same, but mm. better in South Africa. And it went under the radar because it wasn't yeah. one of the big teams. And he scored 150, chasing 300-odd in South Africa. Um, mm. One of the greatest knocks, but went so under the radar because yeah. Stokes had just done it in the Ashes. So th- this is what Test Cricket's brilliant because yeah. it's the ebbs and flows. You see ebbs and flows when 200 plays 200, 300 plays 300. Here you've seen ebbs and flows when 500 plays 500, and it's incredible. New Zealand score 550. There's no way over the course of the last two or three years that England go and win this game. Absolute none. And they've gone and do it. Um, one more thing I want to say, two more things I want to say on Johnny Bairstow, because Johnny Bairstow time, highest attacking shot percentage, lowest false shot percentage ever since 2006 is what Crickviz have said. I've got my stats right. Also, mm-hmm. he spoke so well after the game. One about yes. cheese cheese toasties and coffee, but also, <laughs> rather than talking about, he got asked a question about the mentality of the group. He took it back and spoke around Silverwood and Root and how hard that was for everyone yeah. involved. Yeah. Um, mm. And I really like that. He wasn't all jumping over the bandwagon. Mm. It's actually, no, we've, we've played some good cricket. We've just had a really hard time in a really hard environment. Yeah. And now yeah. we're starting to shine. So, yeah, class. I, it came across I, really, really classy. He really did. He, he, uh, he, I was just listening to it earlier just before we came on, just from the highlights, talking to BBC. And you just, I've just turned around and was like, he doesn't sound like a player that's just finished the game and just done what he's done. He sounds like a pundit. He spoke yeah. so, so well. And we don't get to hear Johnny Bairstow enough, I don't think. He's, such a, he's quite a quiet... In some ways, he's got a quiet guy. But I don't think he is as a person, but in the media, we don't see, just don't see enough of him. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just it's just been a stunning game, isn't it? I just think that's what we have to say. I think it's right that he gives credit to Silverwood and Root and how difficult that period of time was. 
But the fact still remains that probably wasn't the correct form formation of setup, um, yeah. and it probably wasn't the right personnel. Root had yeah. come to the end of his time. It was a natural time for a captain to step aside. Root is playing like a born again batsman. Yeah. First test, he just came out and said, "I just love batting." He's just a kid again. It's simple yeah. as that. He could go on forever the way he's looking. Uh, at was the it best though, or someone said, "Yeah, Joe Root's back to being himself. He's going around sniffing people's socks in the dressing room." <laughs> and I'm like, that like reminds that. me of playing in cricket dressing room, just yeah. doing gaff stuff. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a captain anymore. I don't have to be serious all the time. So yeah, love it, love it. And we'll just see what's going to happen with this setup. The third test is coming up, Rob. Um, we do have a little bit of other England cricket in between, though. This is it's quite a weird formation. We're, we're now basically putting the test side. They're over here, and we've got a one-day side. We're not going to go into it now, but we're coming up the Friday the 17th, Sunday the 19th, and Wednesday the 22nd. We have three ODIs over in the Netherlands, England yeah. against Netherlands. Can't wait. I'm going to be there for the third one. We're going to talk about it um, in advance of that, hopefully, as well. But then the very next day, the 23rd of June, the day after that third Netherlands te- uh, ODI, the third, third and final test gets underway, Rob, at Headingley uh, Leeds. So England obviously have won the series. One test to play. New Zealand are in a little bit of a mess. Uh, where do they turn? Jameson, you imagine he's going to be going the same way of De Grandhomme. Uh, do they give Ravin uh, Rachinda, you get get it, get his name for me, who's just gone and hit nearly two hundred for uh, for yeah. Durham? Um, do, where do they go? Maybe I I think that the mm. Kane Williamson's back next test match. Let's start yeah. with that. Um, but yeah. you do need to find another bowler. I think Neil Wagner's the guy that you yeah. go to. Um, and it's at Headingley, you, you know, do you play a spinny, mm. do you not? I need to look into the stats more of who's done well there over the mm. last few years to, to say, but they they definitely need something. Tim Southey was as bad as what I've seen him without being horrendous, but mm. he bowled a lot of, re- I, I know there's a lot of boundaries, he bowled a lot of four balls and didn't look yeah. very effective at times, this... whereas Henry bowled some good spells, to be fair. Yeah, I, I was quite impressed with Henry. Henry as well, I've got to give credit to him. He was fantastic. He was fielding in front of us and he was getting some grief by some meatheads uh, around us as well. He was awesome throughout the day, signing stuff for people, yeah. being really cool, giving a little kid a nook. Um, he just seemed a really nice guy. I, I like him as a player. Uh, Bolt was sensational. Southie, it always pains me because I love Southie as a cricketer, mm. but he did bowl too many four balls. But it was just one of them games. If you're a bowler that likes to bowl a full length, this was mm. not the uh, the test match for you. Sorry no. about that. Um, so, but I, we'll be back. Yes. We we've mm. got Rich. We've got county championship going on at the moment. So we're going to be Finish back for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll be back for the one day international preview. And like you're saying, then we're we're cracking into third test time. So heaps of good cricket going on. Vitality Blast is is smashing through it Blind. at the moment as well. So. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Yeah. Rich has enjoyed two fantastic days in the sunshine at Trent Bridge. Thanks to Knotts. Thanks to... Look at the tan. Look at the Pink tan. Neck. That's a proper English t-shirt tan. It's 23 oh, yeah. degrees. I'm getting Thank you. There. Thank you to the lovely person sat behind me that had some Factor 50 because I'd forgot my sun lotion today. So I'm so pleased that that person had a nice bit of Factor 50 that I could put on. Sharing you know, I'd already caring. started burning. Thank you. Um, we are available on all podcast platforms <laughs> wherever you may want to listen. So please check us out there. We're available on Twitter. Always tweeting at Leading Edge Cricket Pod. We'll catch you guys next time.